I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. It's the dad joke look. Would you describe the actual dad joke look? Now, you've got to use words you haven't used before. Well, it is the... um it's the intentional forehead, <laughs> the collision of eyebrows, the hooded eyelids, the slight head dip with your chin going down towards your chest and your eyes peering up slightly <laughs> under your ball cap as if you're planning something. <laughs> I will walk right into your and seen <laughs> you're living you occupy space and you have mass you know what that means what you matter oh you know what that is that is a valentine's day card for science nerds <laughs> you're a really good journalist writer person you know you're good with words uh, who is the builder of king arthur's round table who circumference <laughs> these are better jokes today than normal <laughs> <laughs> it's just hitting in you and your your soft geek side it's hitting my geek uh, side. Uh, that's there really what's happening yeah all right you ready uh-huh this might hit your journalist side a little all right freddie mercury venus williams and bruno mars walk into a bar they didn't plan it that way <sighs> i just watched uh, the Queen movie in London last week. It's it's kind of a different thing to watch the Queen movie in London. Did you love it? Oh, I love the Queen. It's one of my favorite movies. It's super sad, but no, it's it's fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Yep. Love it. Were you a, a giant Queen fan? Or have you just acquired knowledge as time goes by? I've acquired... That's hard because I think that... It's like, I dare you not to sing along when a Queen song you know comes on. But I also would not want to offend Queen aficionados by saying I'm a giant Queen fan. I do love that movie and the vulnerability Hmm. of that movie. And I think that the story was told in a way, I think that is probably familiar to a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, and, and, and resonates in a different way. <clears throat> and and there's something magic about, you know, watching the Queen movie and looking at her hotel window and the, and the high street still decorated for Christmas. Yeah, right. You know, so. <laughs> it's actually real. Yeah. So uh, do, have you ever had the thought, and maybe I'm just the weirdest guy I know, so uh, I'm the only guy that's had this thought, when you're sitting around trying to name a band and I thought to myself, I'm going to name my band president. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know lots of people who have running band lists, lists. I, yeah, I do have their, band names, but when they were phone. in the, they were in search of the band name and they went King. No, 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 no. Queen. 
Mm-hmm. Clean what? Right? Do you just stop there? Now, in America, like we had, there was a band called the Presidents of the United States of America. Uh-huh. I know that band. Um, has there ever been a band named King? Well, there's lots of bands with King in the title. No, I know. I know that. But I was just like, how did you get to just Queen? They never told that part of the story. Well, just call up Brian May and ask him. <laughs> oh, man. I almost did a Brian May impression right there, and I'm not going to. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> um, that's fascinating. Well, I I, I love that that movie is a fantastic movie. Yes. Um, and if and if you... If, I mean, in the let me just ask this: Have you seen the Elvis movie? Yes, I have not. Speaking of the King, speaking of the King, the um, Elvis movie for me was was much harder to watch. I've heard I've heard a couple of angry reactions to it, and then I heard some people say that they loved it, but they understood it wasn't the truth. Well, the family says it's pretty darn close to the truth. Um. They've completely endorsed it. For me, it was, I I was so angry at the Colonel Parker character and the way that he treated his job in management, having worked in management for a little bit. It was, that movie embodied everything that I worry about and everything that keeps me awake at night for, for baby artists jumping into the business to the point that when I left the theater, there was a news crew outside and they wanted to interview me. And I said, no, oh, because gosh. I knew my you knew point, you were gonna say something. I knew my point of view was going to be different than everyone else's. It was, you know, it was a, it was a gorgeous movie. It was very well acted. And Austin Butler did an amazing job. I still haven't seen it. You should see it. And, and, I, and that's your assignment. Watch it tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I accept my assignment. Um, in the ongoing reveal of volume four um uh, we are and i love that that, that, that I, you're just not allowing me to tell the name of the album which no. is fine nope um is uh a, a, a pairing of songs today both are very close to my heart um uh, one is called let it be me and the song that i'm pairing it with is a sugarland song off of um the extended uh version of love on the inside called wishing um, and the reason that I, I am connecting these songs is that there is a certain amount of um, reveal in my life that I put into my songs. Like, I, I don't think any of it is fiction, but some of them get closer than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and many times I don't realize what I have done like what I have revealed inside my songs until much later. Mm. And in both of these songs, I realized much later really, <laughs> how much I had put in there. And I um, was, I had to ask myself if I was okay to release them. So how does it feel when you have that realization? It's a little, tra- it's like, um, it, <sighs> It's anxiety. It's really what it is. It's like, oh man, I really, is it too late <laughs> to take it back? You know, I, I'm much more comfortable in the moment of not having told you this. Right. <laughs> um, but 
just like anything else, um, there's a lot of uh, completely missing courage in my life where if I had enough courage to have intentionally chosen to put that out, I would be a much more courageous me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, uh, and I had almost have to fool myself by burying these, these truths about myself in these songs so that, um, I don't really see it until later. Like I've hidden it from myself a little bit and then it's out in the world and I'm like, Oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> I, why would I ever, no, no, why did I do that? Okay, well, now it's there. Okay, let it go. There's nothing you can change now. It's on the internet, you know. Um, it's one of those things. And for me, those vulnerabilities are typically um, things that I, I am either too ashamed to say or too embarrassed to say or wanted to say but don't think I have the, I don't know, like, like if I, if I say this, then now everyone knows <laughs> what, what were you afraid for everyone to find out? And then they did. And it was okay. In my life. Yeah. Oh, I was afraid for people to find out that I had gone to a divorce. Why? Cause most people I, uh, have, I feel like, um, it was private, you know, I, my private, my, my personal life in, in the music business and the entertainment industry, I've kept very much to myself. I've been very vocal about my relationship with my kids and my relationship with myself as a father. Like I love right. that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I did not and still don't really consider my personal relationship, like my romance or romances, whatever that is. Your love life. My love life. Um, a conversation that I'm willing to have. And as long as I hold true to that, then it can exist in my songs mysteriously and it it doesn't have to be real conversation that makes sense um and i i don't know why that is either i i i'm i'm a i don't know i'm i'm too vulnerable in that spot i don't want your opinions if you're not me or the person that's the person i'm in a relationship with okay. otherwise you know this job has enough weird stuff on it as it is that's the last true. thing i want is like a a you know, the weirdness to jump over a the gallery fence. of people with comments, right? <laughs> on, on, you know, they're going to already say a million things anyway about stuff. But, you know, I, I think that these, both these songs sort of pushed a little past my comfort spot. Um, even though you have no context as to why, you know, just the emotion is so baked in there. True. <laughs> that it even made me nervous. So uh, this first one I wrote uh, at the very beginning of the year. Um, There's a a songwriter festival called 30A that happens in the 30A. uh, If anybody knows where that is, that's a, it's a highway. It's a Florida panhandle. That that runs across the top of the Florida panhandle across the beaches of like Destin all the way down to Panama city. And this is yeah, it was a, a festival that was intended to bring music fans to 30A at the time when it's a pretty much a low season for them. So that the businesses would all have patrons and then songwriters would all have audiences and we'd all go home refreshed. Yeah. And they they what's interesting is they they don't pay you. <laughs> oh. 
but they give you a place to stay for free on the beach oh, that's for lovely. the amount of time that you're there. And at some point, um, my brother and myself and uh, Benji and then Tom Tapley, our engineer, we'd all decided we were going to use that as our kind of corporate retreat for ourselves. So we're going to go down there and we're going to bring all of our microphones and our recording gear and we're going to put it in a house that's going to be on the beach. And during the day, we're going to invite our friends over who are playing at night to write songs. And not only are we going to write them, but we're going to write them and record them right there. Like 10 steps from the ocean. And in the winter in 30A, there's this weirdness to a beach. It's a winter beach. And it's not warm enough for you to be in a bathing suit. You know, you're, you got to be in a hoodie and jeans and you know, you're not barefoot. Um, and the wind's blowing, but there's something beautiful about it because you're watching all the things that in your mind are a warm beach, Yeah, (laughs) but it's cold. And it, it always makes me introspective. Like I'm always there with my thoughts. And since I was a kid, uh, I gotta say kid, I gotta qualify that. Let's say since the Walkman was invented in the (laughs) early eighties, I have loved nothing more than listening to music and walking down the beach in headphones. It's one of my favorite things. And I don't know why. I think it's because the ocean makes me calm. Me too. But it helps my, and then I'm moving for some reason because I'm walking and I I hear music differently. And that particular time I, um, I, I was, I was in transition in a relationship that's all I'll ever reveal. But at that time it was massively important to me to write what I was feeling at the time. Uh, no matter what it was, because, you know, as you go through those kinds of changes, you, you swing into a lot of different places and you're only there for a little bit. And this particular day I was in a wishing mood of wishing that huh, it's funny because of the, the song I paired it with is called wishing. Uh, when let it be me was being written, it was a wish to try to have a relationship that felt like this. Like I I knew in my body and in my heart that I could be this person for someone. I just didn't know who, but this is like my description of my most courageous self. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, here it is off of volume four uh, because I can't say the name still, Cindy. I know. know. Eventually I'll break it down. Uh, This is Let It Be Me. If you're gonna blow a kiss to a stranger In a parade as it rolls by If you need somebody to lift you up off the ground to feel alive If you're gonna break all the hearts in your past that you made skip a beat Cause you're looking for one to set you free Let it be me that can wrap you up in the dark till the sun drips through that door Let it be me that can hold the whole world back when you 
start pouring in with people with their hand raised <laughs> oh no, let it be me let, let it be them oh yeah but for oh yeah. no i'm a very complicated situation you, <laughs> you do not want me oh. uh, see, but you write songs like that and all and they all think that they do so we're going to have to get an extra mailman <laughs> oh you're very kind um did you hear the beach Yes. And that I couldn't help myself. Well, I, I put the there's there's something really weird to me about that place at that time of year that made this happen. I wrote this. I remember writing it in the living room of that house with J.T. Harding, who was the writer that was visiting. Mm-hmm. And Brandon was in, Brandon was there. He and he wrote this with us. And uh, you think it's because you're a Pisces and it's almost your birthday, so you're feeling extra introspective? Maybe, maybe. Mr. Watersign. <laughs> I love how you do this. What? What's that? No, you just, yeah, you just, uh, the way that you hold mirrors. <laughs> I'm also a Pisces. So <laughs> a little bit like a funhouse. Um, yeah, so the, the recording i think of this song was real interesting too because we recorded it there that day and i've been carrying around the recording and we kept i kept going back to it 
because, you know, JT became a very famous songwriter between then and now. And I kept thinking, oh man, I'm sure somebody's going to end up recording that song. So I won't ever get to be the singer. So I probably need to record it in a way that, you know, at least the demo sounds like something country music, you know, superstars would want. And, um, we, we just kept layering different things on it and it became a real lesson in subtraction. Yeah. So it got subtracted and subtracted. And at the very last minute, I mean, probably four weeks ago, Brandon came in and said, will you play that again? And I said, yeah. And he said, will you just mute all the rhythm? I said, sure. And he put all that rhythm track in, like he just Mm. played it. And we were, uh, he was just like, you know, I think this is right. And he was, he was absolutely dead on that. It now feels like the weird dream. Yes. That, that I wanted it to always feel like. And I, I love that it made it on this collection. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Brandon is, is owning that kind of like atmospheric. Uh-huh. There's sound. something really cool. I, I, I attribute it a lot to, um, at least I do. I don't think a lot of people do, but the, the two records I keep hearing stuff like that in, um, is the, the Billie Eilish and Phineas productions, mm-hmm. you know, and there's something way in the background you barely hear. And you're like, are, are those people talking back there? What's happening? And if you turn up the, the volume on your I don't know, your headphones, your stereo or whatever. It's too loud when the drums come in (laughs) because you were trying to hear whatever it was they have there in the background, just sort of existing, taking up some sort of weird space at the edge of your hearing. Um, The other guy that's doing that's a newer country guy. He's not new, but everybody's figured him out. Zach Bryan. Mm -hmm. And uh, he always has like mumbling way back there. Sam Hunt for at the beginning, he, he had a lot too. of that too. Like there's like, there's a party going on somewhere, but you're not quite sure in the distance. Like it's like the neighbor's party, but not yours. <laughs> you're walking down there. You're standing outside but their house. I, I love that there are just people that are embracing the soundscape of what we're listening to in a new way. And it gives uh, people like Brandon permission to dive completely in like, oh, oh, I know this. I've been wanting to do this my whole life, you know? So, uh, and I'm pairing it this week, um, with another way too close to home song called, uh, wishing, which was on a Sugarland record. It was on what they called the, the fan edition or the deluxe version, which was relatively new at the time. I, I, we might've talked about this in the podcast once before, but I'll, I'll give you a quick reminder of the oddity. Yes. Of this moment. But um, before record companies were really excited to have as much music from you as possible, there was Mm -hmm. a point where they didn't want more than 10 songs Mm -hmm. because they only wanted, they were only going to pay you for 10. So if you put on 11, you had to take the hit. Right. You had to get everyone to agree to take less, either as a songwriter or as a producer or as an, even as an artist. Their, their contracts were for a certain number of songs. Until um, this started to change about the time that the big box stores started to ask, which were like Target and Walmart and stuff, started to ask for versions of the album that only they could put out. 
right? Their own special collection. Their own, yeah, uh, you know. And still, some record companies still love this moment, and uh, they try to have an exclusive that would go through this. And it's, I think, we really have to blame like the Star Wars movies for. <laughs> This because you could only get this particular thing at McDonald's or you could like there was a a relationship between pop culture and um, retailers. Yeah. And if you could make it specific to drive your crowd to that particular retailer, well, they would, you know, somehow give you preferential treatment. Um, in this case, they uh, wanted to put out a a deluxe version of the album. And. Sugarland was starting to really work. We had just won a Grammy and we were, um, our, our tickets were selling faster than we could get the tour dates up. And, but it was, a, you know, we are on our second record. Everybody, um, everybody had sort of given up on the record one and the next one and then stay happened. So we were in this kind of interesting spot where the pressure had suddenly gone way high and Jennifer and I decided to make the record back in Atlanta instead of Nashville, but there was enough money to do it. And, um, we wanted to sleep in our own beds and love on the inside was a very organic record. And, um, we were still in the place where nobody would pitch us songs. Hmm. We had to write them all, you know, and, um, we over, we overwrote for the record and, Still didn't know until we were recording because no one was really helping us pick the songs to record. It was just us. So we recorded an extra three or four songs that we knew our contract wouldn't support. Yeah. (laughs) And I had had every advice in the world tell me never to do that because you're just kind of giving them free stuff that they'll later have. But the the idea at the time, the popular idea was to create a, a fan deluxe version of the album. And it kind of pissed us off that they were going to release the fan deluxe version of the album second. They were going to release the record. And then the next week they the were going to release week. They were going to release the fan version of the album. And, um, it, it was bothersome to me. I, and I loved the stuff that we were going to put on it. Cause we put on that life in a Northern town. Nobody had heard that yet. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we did a Matt Nathanson cover of uh, uh, Come On, Get Higher. Um, and then we did these other three songs that we had overwritten for the album. And so we convinced, I don't know how we did it, but we convinced Luke Lewis at Universal to release the deluxe album first because we thought it was gouging our fans, our biggest fans, to yeah. release it second because they were going to buy the album and then have to go out and buy it again. Yeah. And we thought that was shitty. That was just a terrible thing to do. So um, that's what they allowed us to do was to put out the deluxe first. And uh, and it was this thing that we've been trying to maintain, which is always make decisions as a band from the perspective of if I was a fan of the band, what do I want? Like right. ans- answer that question first and then make your choices as the band. Um, and we are forever grateful. And a- as a... Uh, as a karmic reward for the record label, we outsold Miley Cyrus. That's amazing. that's who we were up against um, for a couple of weeks in a row. Like it was, and it's stupid. Like when you read back on the Wikipedia of this stuff, it's like 280,000 records in a week. And it's like. Does that happen now? 
Oh my gosh, people if that happened now, <laughs> people would fall out. Uh, but uh, this song was on the deluxe, and uh, we wrote it with uh, Travis Hill, who went by the name of Scooter Caruso. And we had found him because we had loved um, a Kenny Chesney song that... Uh, I love that song, too. That, that really was, when we were out on tour, it was one of the songs that... No matter what we were doing, we would drop everything we had and we'd run to the side of the stage and we'd, we'd listen to him sing this song. It's called, uh, anything but mine. And, uh, we kept asking him like, who wrote this song? He's like, Oh, Travis. You can hear the cries from the carnival rise, the pinball bells and the ski ball slides, watching the summer sun fall out of sight. There's a warm wind coming in From off of the ocean Making its way past the hotel walls To feel the street Mary is holding Both of her shoes in her hand Said she likes to feel the sand beneath her feet And in the morning I'm leaving Making my You know this song, right? Of course. So, literally, no matter what, what I was doing, if I was on the phone with my kids or anything, I would run to the stage, and so would Nettles, and so would most of our band, and we would just watch him sing this song again. And I, I don't know what it was about it, but it just seemed so authentic what's well, nostalgic i think right i mean like where do you think of when you hear that song oh yeah i'm totally at a particular beach yes yeah. i'm asking you which one well i'm in south carolina i'm in myrtle beach south carolina is where that is me me too yes okay yeah so we know we both know exactly what that is yeah uh so uh, when we were putting together the like well who should we write with that we don't know and we don't really know many. We didn't live here in Nashville. So um, it turns out he came out on tour. Uh, Scooter, Travis. Scooter's his pen name. But uh, Travis came out on tour and we met him and he was like, yeah, sure. So uh, we wrote a few songs and uh, this is one of them. And it is undeniably one of the most emotional songs for me during this album. Oh, wow. And, um, and there are, there are arguably some that are even more often like a little close to touching the electricity wire of what was happening in my life. <laughs> yeah. But this one was, uh, fantastically on time. Um, so, uh, here it is. Uh, this is called uh, Wishing off of uh, Sugarland's Love on the Inside, the deluxe edition. Sometimes it's a pair of old faded denim I know. It's gonna fit me like a friend or some radio song. You can't help but 
but sing along Wishing they'd spin it over and over again Could be the windows down on a Sunday drive Smell of rain on a summer night Anything that brings a little more comfort my way But sometimes There's those times It's gotta be you I keep telling myself I'm moving on But I'm stumbling Believing my heart was strong enough And now I'm wandering But every step I take that leads me away Just circles back to your door Wishing I true is true oh yeah i mean that's one of the things i love about country music is you're kind of allowed to just lay it out there 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you almost, people encourage you the closer you get to hard truth. <laughs> right. Which I think is, uh, it's the opposite of escapism. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you bleed when you sang this? No, try again. It's confinement. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, you're just sitting there staring at yourself. And the thing that's coming back at you is even more true than the thing you're saying it with. <laughs> well, it's like that, that saying about the only way around is through. Yeah. You know, and that's what that song is. I think it's the path through for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, I loved writing with him so much that, uh, so I kept writing with him and we wrote Southern Gravity, the song together. Oh, I didn't so we just, we kept yeah. going and uh, we still do. And what a fantastic, fantastic writer. I, I love him so much as a human being. and But I, there's just something about um, when my songs scrape a little too close yeah. to the one thing that I don't talk about. You know what I mean? That has always made me nervous. And I, maybe that's part of the fun of it. Probably. You know, that's the fire I'm playing with, trying not to burn everything down. Um. <laughs> But I, it, it feels like um, my subconscious is giving me information, but it's doing it in a way that actually is very public. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I try intentionally now that I figured out this is true, that I'll leave myself post-it notes in songs for my future self <laughs> um, because in situations like this, I've realized I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. So I might as well use it. Um, knowing that this is how the permanent marker stays when everything else washes away. <laughs> um, but uh, it's one of the reasons that I, I love celebrating both of these songs is, um, regardless of me <laughs> and how much I'm trying not to, um, it, it's it at least helps me relate to John, just myself, but hopefully everybody else. Cause I'm doing my best to not really think that it's true for me. You know, it, it's, it, it can be true in a song. And then, you know, that's how I know this song so well, man. It's, <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not about me. Yeah. Don't ever believe me when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that you really believe anybody when they say that. Do you? No. Journalist? Never. Somebody says, there's nothing that's bull. You wrote it. There's something in you, from you, in that song. Yeah, no, I don't, I never believe it. Oh, I can't wait to use this back with us later on in the rest of this record. <laughs> yeah. There's some funny stuff coming. <laughs> I've, I'm sure there is, but I also, I will always maintain if it came out of you, then you were in there somewhere. All right. Well, I trust the journalist. Because how could it not? I, you know, it's why I re recite the dad jokes rather than invent them. Well, you know. But I am drawn to some of them. Right. I liked your Geek Week. This was good. Woo geek Week. Okay. Hashtag. <laughs> Until next week. Very good. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52. 
If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Or by leaving us a voicemail at 803-900-5252. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.